What's up, everyone? This is Kyle. You know, I got soul podcast number... What are we on? We're on number nine. We're on number nine. We're live in New Orleans for the Essence Festival. Just had a great night. Have a couple of drinks in us. But we're going to keep this PG because that's how we do things. I got Tom with me. What's up, Tom? Bourbon Street. Turn up. Uh, Ed, unfortunately, is in Alabama right now writing album reviews. He couldn't make it out for the trip. But good news for all the Ed fans out there. He will be back next week, and uh, in about two weeks, he'll be actually with Tom in New York. So you might get a podcast with them, uh, and I might not even be there for that one. So yay for everyone. Uh, But luckily, we have a guest in the building. His name is Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah, give him a little introduction about yourself. How is everybody? Um... Thank you for having me. Um, avid follower of You Know I Got Soul. Um, above anything else, I'm an R&B enthusiast. Um, I've, I've worked with a lot of artists, consulting, A&R, managing. I've done some stuff there. Um, journalism, especially. But right now, my main gig is working with an indie record label, Blank Label Records. I'm just happy to be here. Cool stuff. So, um, Isaiah's been you know, hanging with us. For the weekend that we've been in New Orleans, we've had a lot of great times, R&B included. And then outside of R&B, we just came back from having a couple of frosty beverages, but it's okay. Um, But, you know, we're here to talk about R&B. So, uh, Tom, what do you have in mind right now? So, since we have our special guest, Isaiah, on here, I'm curious to get his take on R&B. Earlier, we were talking about his top five favorite artists of all time. So, I'm curious what... Who's on his list and who he'd throw in the mix? I think the state of R&B right now is in transition, which it should be. We don't want the same stuff all the time. And people should should really learn to develop a sound that's theirs and not copy off what's given before. So this is what we have to deal with. Um, as in my top five of all time, that's difficult. But if I had to narrow it down, I would go with... In no particular order, but Lauren Hill is one of my favorites of all time. I can listen to anything she does. Um, that actually goes with Miguel, too. I think his writing ability, his producing, his his ear, and for the vision that he has for his music is just so defined. And he's really one of the, the visionaries of R&B today. I think he has what it takes. Um... Jasmine Sullivan, I think, is leading R&B in a way that comes from a traditional gospel sound vocally. But the, the stuff that she can write and the stuff that she can produce, because she, she actually produced a lot of the stuff off her last album, is just incredible because she has a clear vision of what she wants out of her music. And it's always it always feels close to the heart and close to her experience and derived from her actual experiences. So what's that? That's three? Yep. Um, hmm. We could come back to it. You, you, you made me think of something interesting. Another direction I can go in with you here. As someone who has background in artist development and a and Ring, this this is going to be a tough one to answer, but <laughs> who is an artist, who is a new artist who you see the potential in? Like, if you could work with that artist, like, Anyone who's signed or someone who's, you know, bubbling or buzzing right now, like, you'd love to manage them or take on their career because you know they're going to be the next big thing. Wow. 
who would you take hold of? Okay. I actually have two answers for that. Luke James. I know he, he has a major deal. He, he put out a major label. And it didn't do as well as a lot of people thought it would because of his hype of how crazy his vocals are. But to me, he has a sound that he needs to learn how to develop on his own without the input of all these writers, all these producers. I think he has the potential to create his own lane with with just a range of what he can do vocally, with with how his, his voice is. He can do a, a lot of different types of music. Um, another artist that I closely follow is an artist out of the UK. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. His name is Quabs. Um, really soulful um, baritone guy um, just anything he does is is soul inspired and it, it just has this magnitude about his sound that makes his, his records just larger than life um, I would I would want to work with, with those two you know where I discovered Quabs is on a, a site you contribute to the next to shine shout out to Andrew a friend of ours <clears throat> um he, he signed recently, I believe. Yes, he, he has signed, um, and he has management and all that. Um, he has yet to make his way over into the U.S., but I think we have a Sam Smith situation with him as well. Um, I mean, hopefully the American market takes to him like they did to Sam Smith, but I think, me personally, I, I prefer Quabs over a Sam Smith. So, since you brought up Sam Smith... I have to ask you. Alright. Why is why is he so successful? Why is Sam Smith so successful? I think timing has a lot of lot to do with people's success. Um I don't want to push the, the gay issue, but I think it's actually popular to be gay nowadays. I think it's the thing. And I think that has a political influence on it, um, especially with his popularity in America. Um but vocally, obviously, he has a voice you've never heard before. He, his, his falsetto is, is crazy. His, his full voice is amazing. And, and the way he stylizes, the way he sings his records is, is like no one you've ever heard. Like when he did that cover of the Whitney Houston song, it's, it's, it was done in a way that was never approached before. And he sang it in the original key, which is hard for a guy to do even if he is singing Paul said I think he just has all these elements to him that that make him make him great really interesting that um, you know you guys are talking about this discussion on artist development because I think one of the complaints that have come up in the last couple of years is artist development and a lot of the artists that are coming out not being ready for the main you know stage or just main the main spotlight and uh, that's something that a lot of people have uh, been complaining about, um, which is interesting because I look back at artists, stars that we know today, like the Beyonce's and the Ushers of the world. I think people forget that they have to go through a transitional stage and a de developmental stage to get to where they are today. Like even with Usher, uh, Tom, I think we had talked about it on the last podcast where not too many people necessarily know his first album, which you know he put out when he was 14 or 15. Um, so I guess from your point of view, Isaiah, and as well as you, Tom, what does it mean for an artist to be ready for that, that light, for that, 
main, you know, that main stage? Like, how do you, how do you kind of determine if they're ready or not? Well, first of all, it's no secret that labels have cut out artist development. So, these days, labels are expecting artists... That's such a, a tricky question, because... Ready nowadays is such a different term. If you have a if you have a single that's catchy and blows up, you're ready. I feel like that's that's just you're expedited and you're they put you in the spotlight. That's how I feel like. I mean, it, it doesn't look like they're going by the traditional guidelines that they used to anymore. So I really don't know how to. Do you have any insight into that, Isaiah? I mean, I actually never advocate on the behalf of a major label, but I do want to say that to an extent, a major label should not have to develop an artist. Um, an artist should ha should already have a sound that is there to work with. And a major label should not be able, not take an artist that's say, hey, this guy can sing, let's create a sound for him. I don't think that should happen for, um, for the label. That's not the label's job. I would say the artist has to have someone, something there to organically work with for the label to come in and say, hey, we see what you're doing. We can enhance it and we can help develop it this way with, with these producers, with these songwriters, with collaborating with other artists and, and this and that. But I don't think technically or even at all, I don't think the major label should be involved in giving an artist a sound because it's not organic. Counterpoint. We just interviewed Troy Taylor, producer. Um, a lot of success. He's developing Kevin Ross, Motown artist. He's he's big on artist development, and he said that they've pretty much been developing him for years now, four or five, almost four or five mm -hmm. years, having him write for other artists, having him do the whole scene and do shows and whatever. So, I mean, who's to say that? He, He's had success with it in the past, you know. He, he Trey Songz didn't have immediate success. You right. went through a lot of artist development, so it's like, is there really one way of of doing it? Is there one like a cookie cutter way of say, you know, an artist streamlining their success, or is there many different ways? That's the thing. I mean, I believe there's many different ways. Like you, you took Kevin Ross and Trey Songz; they have different ways of doing things. Um, with Kevin Ross. He's a songwriter, so anything that he comes up with is is off is based off what he experienced, what he knows, what he feels, and that's already organically his sound, and that's something that Troy can work with. It's not it's not someone like a Trey Song situation where yeah he can sing, and I think actually I think Trey Song writes a lot. Um um, I'd have to verify that, but um in Trey Song's case it, it's more of a situation where. People are coming in to, to help develop that sound and help bring out that sound where he doesn't initially have a basis of what he wants. But he might he might contribute more or less, but I think it just it just happens different ways. And um I think not to say he got lucky, but things fell into place for someone like Trey Songs where he was actually developed um his lane was developed and he's pretty successful at it. Well I think the cool thing, you know, we're covering the Essence Festival right now, so we've had an opportunity to see a lot of different types of shows, a little, uh, a lot of different types of performances. You know, we actually saw Trey Songs yesterday, you know, he was on the main stage, 
had a whole band behind him. And I think that's what's missing in the new generation is you don't have too many artists who, you know, take that live show seriously anymore. I mean, Miguel is obviously one that really does. But, I mean, Ed, if he was here, he could probably attest to it. A lot of the performances on that BET Award show, they, they aren't what they used to be. Like, you look at the Ushers and the Beyonce's, they took that craft very seriously. I don't know if that's still an element that, you know, the new artists take as serious. And I feel like that is part of the artist development, is being able to put on a great show. I mean, the music's, you know, making music in the studio, it is what it is, right? You're going to get a producer, a songwriter, make a hit record for you. But I think it's how you um, present it to the world when you're live on stage. I mean, you know, obviously the clubs are going to try to book you, but you're trying to go for the venues and you're, gonna, you're trying to book a whole tour. So I think that's something that the newer generation really has to take seriously. And um, I mean, it's a struggle right now because R&B isn't really in the spotlight. So you have a lot of hip hop artists taking over all the club gigs. But I mean, that's something that, you know, you can't really, you know, a hip hop guy can probably make an R&B record or an R&B, uh, or a song that feels like R&B, but when it comes to a live show, there's really nothing you can really duplicate when it comes to, like, an actual R&B show, and, you know, Tom, I know you cover a lot of the Soul Village stuff, you cover, you know, you go to all these different events, and I know you, you can tell me, and, you know, we are talking about Luke James earlier, you can't really duplicate that, that's, you know, that's just pure talent, and, um, you know, I'm just waiting for more new artists to take that seriously, because that's what separates them from everyone else. Well, the live aspect, of course, it will set you apart. Luke James is a, is a one of the premier performers, I'd say. Uh, another one I saw tonight, Avery Sunshine, just a cut above Lettuce, who we also saw tonight, amazing. Kem, who we saw tonight, Charlie Wilson, who we saw tonight. These people all take it very seriously, and as a result, have had great success. So, I don't know. I, I don't see, to me, the live aspect can't always be just if some people just have it I feel like like you could you could work it as much as you want but some people are just so comfortable on that stage it's like they're meant to do this yeah so what do you think Isaiah yeah I think some people naturally have it there's a showmanship that some people have and some people are great in other ways where they can cut records and anything they they sing on a record or Right on the record is just amazing, um, but they may not necessarily be the best performers. I mean, it's just some people have cer certain things, some people have it all. Like I'll, like a Beyonce, she has it all. She can cut records amazingly. She can perform amazing. Usher, he's one of those. Some people just have it. Um, someone who would be like the opposite would be like a, I would say a Trey Songs. Like he can cut great records. But then his performances are just kind of like lackluster for me, at least. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I mean, I, I would think he needs to perform, improve in his performance, especially with his, his vocal stamina. I've seen way worse than him, I'll tell you that much. I'm not naming <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I'm sure, but uh, no offense to Trey Songs and his team, but um, I'm just saying. It's the first thing that came to mind because <laughs> we saw him. We saw him Thursday for Essence. Well, I think Trey is moving into a new uh, stage of his career. I mean, he's done the fun records, I would call them. Stuff like Say Ah, Bottoms Up, all that stuff. But, um, I mean, I think we call we can all agree he had a number one record, What's Best For You, on Urban AC. So, 
really interesting to see uh, what Trey does, you know, with his new album, Tremaine, that's coming out. And, um, yeah, and, and everything that comes with that. So, speaking of us seeing Trey the other night, let's talk about some of the, the artists we've run into this weekend here at Essence Festival. All right. Isaiah, I know you've been excited to, to bump into a few. <laughs> Tell us... Uh, who you who who we saw and why you were so excited? Um, first off, Kem. Kem is amazing. But we didn't get to we didn't get to talk to Kem though. You didn't? No. I thought you guys saw him. We saw him perform. We we didn't get to interview him. Though. Actually, okay. we uh, we planned on interviewing him, but then we got hungry. So uh, we tried okay. look. Okay, so I mean, we've had this ongoing discussion for the last oh. couple of podcasts about what Tom <laughs> will eat and what he won't eat. So we're we're in this. Yes. This this this, uh, this stadium, at all these different concession stands. We go to one. It's it's selling like shrimp and like fries and all that stuff, which I think is cool. Tom that wasn't it. There was like crawfish and <laughs> fried catfish and. Uh, so again, amazing. we're going all around this huge ass. Are we allowed to cuss? I don't think we're even allowed to cuss on this. <laughs> we're in this arena and it's massive. He won't eat the seafood, so we're like, all right, cool. There's chicken tenders on the menu. Chicken tenders? This guy eats chicken. He won't eat chicken tenders. Chicken tenders. So... Would you eat chicken tenders? Yeah, why not? Oh, my. What's wrong with chicken tenders, though? I'll take some grilled, nice grilled chicken. Some honey mustard sauce. Lightly marinated. So the issue with this is uh, we pass on that. And once we pass that, Tom was like, all right, well, let's get some nachos. I'm like, you're going to pass on all this stuff to eat nachos? No, we're not doing that. What does this have to do with Kemp? I've we'll get to that. Hold on. That Tom is a picky eater. Just saying. Hold on. So, excuse me. I've had a couple of frosty beverages in me, so it happens. This guy. But um, we pass on all this food. I'm like, all right. Well, whatever. We'll go back down to the to the press room. We'll interview Kim. All will be well. We get down there. We asked the lady beside us. Did uh did Kim happen to come by already? Yeah, Kim came about ten minutes ago. In that ten minutes, we looked at what is it? Chicken tenders. Looked at pro- we looked at everything and it just didn't happen. So, um, who, who else did you see, Isaiah? This is definitely getting cut from the record. You can't put that in there. What? That we missed Kim because we were looking for food. It's it, that's <laughs> what happened. That's what happened. So, Isaiah, who are you excited about seeing that you bumped into this weekend? That I bumped into. Um, hmm. I didn't Amber, bump. I didn't bump Amber Riley. Oh, I'm, yeah. We, we bumped into her in the McDonald's yeah, we did bump into her. red yeah. carpet. Shout out to the Glee star. <laughs> Amber Riley is amazing. Um, I'm glad she even took the time to, to even say hi to me and take pictures with us. But, you know, she signed, and I'm looking forward to what kind of music she is. She had a single, which I'll be honest, I wasn't particularly fond of. But she's an amazing singer, and I just think she just needs some direction in what kind of music she needs to do. But she's proven She's proven as a great vocalist. If I remember correctly, Yolanda Adams touched her arm and that was a, a touching <laughs> moment for you? Yo, Auntie Yolanda touched me. The legend. You'll never watch that shoulder again? She, she, she touched me for a picture. I, I can't believe it. Like, uh, that I, was probably the highlight of SMS 2015. I for forgot me. to mention that the camera wasn't on at the time. I, <laughs> it didn't come out. I'll die. I'll go back to New York. <laughs> And hate my life. Well, you know what? The thing about the Essence Festival, it reminds us all that, you know, above the website and all we do for it, we're all just fans of music. 
And one moment that really stood out to me was, you know, we were covering the 365 Black Awards, you know, that I think McDonald's put together. And, uh, you know, we're waiting at the, at the red carpet and, you know, the lady announces that Avant uh, would be coming on the red carpet. And you can just see Tom, his eyes just light up. <laughs> you can hear the heavens just open up. And I'm looking at him and he just all smiles. So it just reminds you that, you know, at the end of the day, we're just, we're big fans of music. I grew up on Avant, come on. So, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it's, it's all about just music for us. Making a comeback. I think he's coming back. Yeah, I mean, Tom, you, you got the chance to hear that new single special. We interviewed Avant, so stay tuned for that. The yeah. single's out. Yeah. Hey, we bumped into Lettucey at uh, her yes. event for uh, Design Essentials. She's such a nice person. She loves, you know, I got soul, yeah. so she's so cool. I just yeah. want to say for the record, she thought she recognized me, which I've never met her, but that's amazing. Come on, man. <laughs> you're, you're out in these streets. Right. That's better than her saying, that's, well, that's who the, the hell are you? Right. That's, that's the first time I met her. How did you get in here? But it was cool. Shout out to Lettucey. Yeah. yeah. So we met Lettucey. We met Avant. We interviewed um, Adrian Marcel. Adrian, shout out to Adrian Marcel. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a cool dude. He uh, killed it on the, in, in the press room, sang cool for hair. everyone. Cool hair as well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it's been a blast for us. And like I said... Um, if you thought I was kidding, if you thought my Instagram and Twitter were a joke, we're not leaving New Orleans until we meet Usher. And tomorrow is the day that Usher performs. So we're going to meet Usher. It's going to be good times. We're not leaving until it happens. Um, so Are you going to make a sign and bring it to the press room? I might just have to do that. I'm actually like really... Wrestling? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that the objective of this trip for you guys? His, apparently. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's Usher, yeah. I'd rather meet Missy, though. I, hey, I'll, I'll settle for Missy, but I, I'm just saying I'm not... Settle for Missy? Settle for Missy. Settle for a Usher, Usher, man. I told you. I mean... I mean, it's hard to compare those two, but... I mean... Missy had a... Had a first-round hand in Aaliyah's career. She produced for all these amazing people. She's her own artist, their own sound that nobody was doing at that time. It's Missy Elliott. Let's get your take on this, Isaiah. <laughs> All right. Usher's career. His the take. I mean, post confessions. Post confessions album. Oh, you know. Do you, how do you feel about the direction he's gone? Well, I feel like when he came out with "Here I Stand," I personally liked the album, but I can see why the rest of America didn't. Why? Um, no, why wouldn't they? Why do you think they would? It was really flat for me. It was grown though. It was really grown. That too. It was really flat. But I appreciated a lot of the elements of it. Like I don't particularly take a song and be like it has to have everything. Sometimes I'll take a song and be like, oh man, the, the lyrical content in here is great, or the melody of this is is amazing, and I can appreciate that. So, but I can objectively see why a lot of people didn't really take to here I stand. And what was after that? Raymond versus Raymond? Yep. He got back into his his mainstream pop R&B thing, which for me felt a little flat, but he went back on track and then he got into Versus? Yeah. That's off the top of my head. That was that, yeah. was that EP. Yeah. yeah, Versus, and it turned a completely different direction. I wasn't with it, but I think it worked for him. I think I think the change in genre worked for him to to really generate awareness of his 
his new music and to generate new audience for him. And obviously it worked out because he's it's 2015 and he's still one of the hottest artists out. But some would say his R&B fans who were with him from day one no longer support. That's fine. They'll still they'll still bump his records, his old records that they like, mm-hmm. if, even if they're not supporting. Now he has a whole new fan. He has a whole new market of people who, who want his music. And he's not missing out. They're they're just missing out. So, how do you compare his direction to someone like Neo? Neo. I mean, they've gone the similar route with the EDM. Yeah. And they it both work. It's work. They're both pop star. I mean, like global sensations. Right. I mean, Neo obviously is more accessible. I would think, um, in terms of genres. And going to other genres because he writes and he he has a hand in composing and producing and all this. I mean, I'm not sure the extent that Usher has, but I would say Neo definitely has more. Um, and I mean, Neo is he has his own sound. So no matter what genre he does, you can always tell it's a Neo record. Like the the thing with Usher was he was doing different records and it was like you were listening to it. Like, this doesn't sound like something Usher would do. I think he had lost that, which is what people were a little annoyed with. But um, I think Neo maintains his sound because he writes his stuff. And his voice is so familiar for doing that stuff. 100%. So, um, along with that, obviously, don't really want to get too much into it because it's like 2 a.m. 2 over here. And the Adrian Marcel song. I did see him perform that live, but uh, guys, Wait, can you sing it right now? It's two a.m. I'm on it, girl. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I love it. Anyway, so uh, we'll we'll do a quick uh, album revisiting discussion. Uh, so for you guys, I will present to you guys the album. Uh, and I'm trying to think here. Let's go with the Tom. You pick one this time. Pick an album. Oh my god! I hope I know it. Oh, alright. We're gonna go with Glenn Lewis World Outside My Window album. Oh wow. His debut album released in two thousand and two. Featuring the hit single Don't You Forget It. Oh man. Great song. Drain Vidal. That, that's one of those songs that will never get old. Marsha Ambrosius was involved. There was that Philly Neo Soul sound of the time. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call this album a classic, per se. No. However, I still listen. To, I was just listening to it the other day. I can. I still like it. It maintains a good vibe. I mean, honestly, I haven't heard it in years, and I can't recall a lot of it. <laughs> but I wow. remember, like with a lot of music, you remember the feeling you get. So I remember when I would put this album on, I, I maybe listened to it about a good ten times when it came out. So I, I put it. I'll put it on in. It has a great vibe to it. There's there's some places where it might fall flat, but overall, it's a great album. Um, don't you forget it. Obviously, the standout single is is something that's recognizable to anybody that has been into R&B, and I think that's an accomplishment of its own because people can cite Glenn Lewis, who know R&B, and recognize him for that, even if maybe he's not doing so well with his new stuff right now. But dude is such an amazing vocalist. Compared to Stevie Wonder, is it, what? You haven't heard those comparisons? Yeah. I've heard the comparisons, but 
his, is it compared to Stevie Wonder? Well, his, no, tone, his tone. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I understand if you say you prefer Glenn Lewis, Glenn Lewis's vocals, but he has... No, I meant as okay. a... I don't mean... Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? Stevie, Stevie Wonder... I'd say Glenn's career rivals that of Stevie Wonder. It does? No, it does. You mean that. the vocals, not the career? No, the career. You know? I'm joking. What? Oh, okay. Come I'm on. You guys can't see our, our faces, but my eyes just went <laughs> out of my head and onto the no, ground. No, but his range, though. Well, yeah. you know... I'll, Stevie Wonder's range? I'll say that... No, I'll, I'll agree. See, Glenn Lewis is an amazing singer. I think Glenn Lewis falls under... And I'm a huge Brandy fan, so I created my own term here. I call it... I call it the Brandy effect, which means... You know, with a tone like Brandy's or Glenn Lewis, they're going to sound good on every song that they sing. Pretty much. I think we can all agree on that. Because of how strong their tone is, it's just going to sound like a good song. Now, I think Glenn Lewis, um, he has the ability, I think, to elevate and make songs better than what they originally are. Just due to his tone. Um, I'm trying to think of some songs, for example, but... I mean, he, you know, he has a lot of great unreleased stuff as well, like Storm, which I know is a fan favorite of everyone's. That's a great record. Um, even, what was it? What was it? He did the Charlie Wilson record, right? Can't Live Without You? Yeah. So, Glenn Lewis, like, that debut, you really got a chance to hear what he was about vocally. And, you know, if you get a chance, check out some of his uh, unreleased stuff as well, because you really get a chance to just find out how great of a vocalist he actually is. What was the other one that you really liked, Tom? Uh, House on a Beach? House on a Beach. Yeah. That's from the unreleased. That was from the, under the underdogs. That, that was the underdogs album. Yeah, that was a great album. Um, but as far as the debut album, you know, you got a chance to hear how great his tone was. I think one of my favorite songs on there, again, it's 2 a.m., so I might not remember. It's 2 a.m. <laughs> oh. oh, number one. I think over no here. here. What is it? Something to See? That acoustic song, you really got oh, to yeah. see his... Oh, yeah, that's a great record. Get to see his range on that song. Um, so, yeah, that was a great album. Um, Tom, do you have anything for Rapid Fire? I know it's late. Rapid Fire mode, this or that. Are you familiar with this, Isaiah? Um, no. We do a, I do a segment called This or That. It's like Rapid Fire. I just throw two things out there, and you have to pick one on the spot. <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> Blackstreet or Guy? Blackstreet. Oh, I'm I'm on this too. Yeah, uh, everyone. Blackstreet, I guess. But Isaiah, tell us why you choose. Let, let's just do this. Let's just make this the Isaiah edition. Okay. Isaiah edition. Yeah. So, wha- so why 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 Blackstreet over Guy? Guy was a little more um, obviously New Jack Swing, and it, to me, it felt more like '80s and. Oh, you better watch out! Our whole fan base is New Jack Swing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love New Jack Swing, um, but I prefer Blackstreet with with their the whole '90s R&B sound and. Because that, that's what I grew up on. I grew up on Guy and, and all that, but to me, it, it felt a little more for an older crowd than what I was. I really connected with the 90s R&B, so to me, it'd be Blackstreet. Even though Teddy Riley had a hand in, the hand in both of those careers. Tamia or Deborah Cox? Shout out to Canada. Yeah. I mean, Tamia. Why? <laughs> I didn't ask who's hotter. I asked which, one, <laughs> which artist is better. I mean, Deborah Cox is hot. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, guys, let's keep it, let's keep it PG. <laughs> to me, has the overall better career. I mean, Deborah Cox is amazing vocally. 
I'm sure she can do everything that Tamia can, but I think Tamia has the overall better artistry to me. Um, Tamia has the, a voice that can't be denied. Well, neither can Deborah Cox, so, you know, but overall, I'd have to go with Tamia. That's a very political answer. Right. Just flip flopping back. <laughs> a few more. We got Flo Rida or Pitbull. Oh my god, neither. No, you gotta pick. <laughs> you gotta take one of you guys. Death. Death. Uh, deafness. Being deaf. Why? I'd rather. Are you kidding me? This is like the shit stains of me. Oh, they wow. Got they got that fire, man. This yeah. is a family program, by the way. Yeah. It's a family program? It's yeah. not like the Reed? Yeah. <laughs> like the who? The what? The Reed? The popular, the most popular I podcast I my album. ass off. No, I don't. No. Kid Fury, Crystal. I've never listened to a podcast besides, you know, I got so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> you should listen to the read because okay. they do some funny stuff on there. <laughs> All right. Whitney Houston or Aretha Franklin? Oh, my God. Whoa. Uh, I mean, I grew up with Whitney Houston more, so. And to me, Aretha is amazing, but Whitney, the voice Whitney Houston possessed was incredible it was out of this world and last one chicken fingers or chicken wings chicken wings all the way with the bone in that's where all the flavor is in Oof. Oof. chicken wings it's a lot of work though no it's not at all it's messy it's you know chicken fingers are for lazy people I've seen people eating a chicken wing with a fork just so you know I have too. I've done that before well, myself. When you don't want to get messy. <laughs> wow. You don't want to have to lick your fingers. Finger looking good. Yeah. Tell me about it. All right, let's 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 get on track here. So we're gonna go into our food discussion. And this is the end. And then this is the end because I'm about to fall asleep here. <laughs> so Tom, are you ready? Okay. Isaiah, are you ready? I guess. I'm gonna throw a scenario scenario your way, and you're gonna give me the first thing that comes to your mind. If you are trapped on a deserted island and you can only choose one food to have for the rest of your life, let's ignore all the health benefits or health detriments involved with these foods. What is the one food item that you'll have for the rest of your life? What type of question is that? Well, mac and cheese comes to mind. <laughs> Velveeta, possibly. You never had it? Huh. No. Velveeta. It's so good. So high in sodium, though. Hey, but it, and cholesterol. Hey, health benefits don't matter. So, um, that's weird. Why would they matter? <laughs> uh, dark chocolate. You need dark what? chocolate for the rest of your life. <laughs> you said it doesn't matter. You said the health benefits oh, wait, or that you can, don't matter. Could you live off like candy and stuff? Or yeah, no? if you want. Oh wait, hold right, on. See? Let me revise this. Hold on. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure if you ate candy for like the rest of your life, you said it doesn't matter. No, I don't care about the health benefits, okay. but I'm just talking about taste-wise. You might taste hate wise. yourself after. No, chocolate does a lot for me. <laughs> Dark chocolate, though. Dark chocolate does a lot for I'm me. I'm a white chocolate fan. Mm. It's too sweet. It's sweet. All, it's all sugar, all fat. Dark chocolate's bitter. No, it's rich. Rich? Uh, I'm rich. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I work for you, no, I got so. How can you be rich? <laughs> all right, well, I'm going with pizza. From where? Well, that, that's a that's a that's a that's a uh, aspect. <laughs> that's a topic for another day. Just give me some pizza, and I uh, I can live off that. Pizza's whack. What? What? 
You're just, fired. You're <laughs> Wait, you were never even hired, so. Um, pizza to what? I don't know where to go after that. That was, that was the segment. I love pizza. Man. Well, that, I guess that's the segment. I'm going with pizza. You're going. Tom's going with. Oh man, I wish Ed was mac here. and cheese. Ed would. Ed would be. Ed would slap you with his cane if he was here right now. <laughs> he doesn't even really have a cane. But he's 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 writing album reviews right now. So anyway, <laughs> um, that's it for this edition of the podcast. What is this? Number eight. Nine. nine. This is number nine. See, I don't even know what number we're on anymore. It's like two a.m. over here. I'm pretty sure a lot of the listeners listening to this edition right now are probably more confused than they were last time. I promise you, when we get back to, you know, when we get back from New Orleans, we'll have a proper podcast. We'll have Ed. Hopefully we'll have Tom, and hopefully I'll still be alive by then. But <laughs> Bourbon well, Street? Well, we were in Bourbon Street in New Orleans yesterday. It was wild. But, but anyways... I will be back uh, next week with a proper podcast. Again, we still have a brilliant idea that's going to be coming soon. I call it the R&B Draft. Thank you to Isaiah for joining us and uh, contributing this time around. Thank you for having me. I, I really enjoyed it. Almost forgot about that. Almost, <laughs> felt like you're, almost felt like you were part of the team already, but thank you, Isaiah. But again, yeah, that R&B podcasting, uh, you know, watch out for that, that R&B Draft. It's one of our uh, brilliant ideas that we have coming up. Um, and then aside from that, when we get back from New Orleans, we're going to have a lot of great things to feature. Um, if you check out our Instagram right now, we have a lot of pictures that we've posted from the Essence Festival. Isaiah, what, do you want to share your uh, social media and all that so people could uh, check your stuff out? Or? Sure. Um, I actually posted on behalf of Next to Shine. So on Twitter, you can see the social media coverage at the next to shine into with the number two um nothing on instagram my personal instagram is isaiah j04 i-s-a-i-a-h j04 i post a lot of the articles that i write and a lot of upcoming artists that i'm passionate about and crazy about so you can follow me there all right cool and i guess, i mean that's it for this week a crazy podcast for you guys. I promise again next week we're going to keep it normal and keep it civilized. But, uh, I mean, that's it for this week. This is Kyle. I'm the host, and I am out. See you guys. <laughs>